Yo! Welcome back to 1497 Podcast, baby. Oh, oh, oh. Jonathan Keaton, the host in the house, greatest co-host to ever walk planet Earth. Michael Wood is in the house, and we got my boy with the cameras. Mm. Anytime you see a play, anytime you see history making it sports, baby. Oh, you'll see Kate Bessler. Oh, bam, bam, bam. Kate Bessler in the house, baby. What's good, my boy? What's up, man? Thanks for having me. No problem, no problem. How you feeling? I just want to open it up. Not really a question, but uh, so not not a whole lot of people end up watching the YouTube. A lot of people listen on like Spotify or Apple Podcasts like that. But I just got to say right off the bat, the difference in quality of cameras between uh, Kate and John and myself is ridiculous. I'm on, <laughs> I'm on an Android right now. John's probably like on a Mac and I don't know. Kaden's on something that it's yeah. really high quality. So uh, it's that new iPhone. Man. I got to make sure I always got that. The best of the best. <laughs> okay. I got you. I feel yeah. you. I feel you. That's something that's funny too. Cause with the iPhone cameras, like that's kind of something I use. Like, cause my camera, like I don't have a crazy expensive camera. Like I've tried a full YouTube video just my phone. So it's something that really comes in handy, them like these new cameras. So is is that what you're kind of not shifting towards, but you can rely on it, like get the same quality from the iPhone as like a normal? Oh camera? yeah, yeah, because they're the iPhone camera shoots better quality than some cameras. So I have like a, a stabilizer for just my phone. So I like record basketball games on just my phone and edit it after there. It's pretty good. Like it helps a lot. Like I have like three YouTube videos on my YouTube that were shot all on my iPhone. That's what's up. That's what's up. Now, like, the iPhone quality was, like, because, like, I thought it was, like, a legit, like, dope, dope, uh, dope camera. And then it's just the iPhone. I'm like, shit. It's the iPhone, man. That's what's up. Mike, you want to you wanna start us off with questions? I, I, I usually start it off, but. Like, yeah, yeah, I'll go. So, I'm not actually a journalism major or anything like that. I'm a business major. Um, okay. But our journalism students, I go to the University of Nebraska. Um mm. They, they have a option where it's like there's a radio station at the school and like they can go on the radio station. And then if they're like like you, where they're trying to get more like the production side, like pictures and videos, some of them get the chance to work with the football team and basketball team. Is there something like that that you guys have? Yeah. At Arizona State? With being at the Cronkite School, there's a ton of stuff like that. They have a lot of student ran organizations and I ASU has this thing called Blaze Radio. And it's kind of, it's like one of the biggest student-ran radios in uh, the whole country. And something that's pretty cool with them is that, so obviously I'm sports, so I have other friends who do like sports segments on that Blaze radio. And so they set up times like, oh, this student can have this time on our radio and stuff like that. And actually my roommate, he does journalism, but he's more on like, a, like the music and producing side of, of journalism. So he writes articles on music and he has like a radio shift where he's been, he's just a DJ for an hour, an hour and a half. So like, there's a lot of different um, opportunities as far as student run bases. And it's the same thing with photography. They have like um, these different, like it's like newspaper kind of things. And they have a oh, photographer, you can go to the basketball game, go to the football game, get some pictures to use for um, our articles. But also you can use those for your portfolios and help you grow as well. So that's a really cool opportunity they have here. All right. Yeah, that's that's how it is with us too. And yeah. like I said, I'm not a business major, but I, I'm in one of those radio time slots. Okay. Uh, on, on our student ran radio, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I haven't really gotten to the radio side of thing because obviously I'm more of like a video thing. But as far as plays, I have like worked with them, taking pictures and eating, even editing some videos with them. So it's really cool. 
Nah, yeah, you were talking about opportunities, and I know Arizona State gives out a lot of opportunities, especially at the Walter Cronkite School. So what's the best opportunity that you have gotten from the Walter Cronkite School from photography right now? Um, I mean, just so far, like, I'm only a sophomore, and, like, just some of the jobs I've been able to, you know, get media credentials at, like, this weekend, I'm taking pictures um, at the Sun Stadium, uh, Gonzaga's coming to play, so I'll be able to take, I'll be in there taking pictures of Gonzaga versus Texas Tech, USC's playing, so, like, that's a really cool one, I mean, I was there last weekend um, for the high school games, Bronny James was there, LeBron was watching courtside, so that was a pretty cool opportunity, it's like, as far as, like, it's a as far as opportunities, they just really give you um, a lot of people you can meet. So, like, my professor next semester, um, he's uh, he works for the Suns, like, on the video team. So, I'm trying to, like, get an internship through that and stuff like that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And I've also gotten connected with um, Kyler Murray as far as uh, – because I'm, I'm trying to do – I also do, like, graphic design, and I'm a big on social media as well. So, I got an internship to help grow his social media and stuff like that. So, like, that's kind of, like, the thing they teach you is, like, to be kind of, like, a Swiss Army knife. Of, yeah, I do photo, but I'm not going to just do photo. I do photo, video, write articles. I could anchor a news segment, stuff like that. So, they really teach you it all. No, nah, yeah, that's dope. Because, like, it's, like, the best of – it's the best of all worlds, honestly. Like, you can get in the photos, get in the news, get in the sports. Hell, you, you even talking to Kyler Murray and dapping up LBJ on the side. Like, shit. Yes, sir. That's man. That's that's dope. That's dope. So, I know Michael is that because LBJ is his boy. Yeah, he is. But to uh, kind of piggyback off what you just said, um, and you might have uh, said it when you were just describing that. But what's the best opportunity or like coolest person that you've got to meet uh, through what you do? Um, I don't know. There's some cool guys like. So I actually have met OBJ. I met him at the Exos. Uh, I don't know if you heard. He trains out here in Scottsdale, Arizona. So I was actually doing um, pre-draft stuff for this guy. He went to U of A, but he's a good friend of mine. His name's Roy Lopez. He, uh, he plays for the Houston Texans. So I met him out there at Exos, and we were doing like a pictures video for his pre-draft stuff. I also went to his pro day. But at Exos, there's a lot of info players I was able to meet, like OBJ, Christian Kirk, um, Chandler Jones, uh, Tremaine Edmonds, like this kind of guys walking through. And like for me, I mean, at the time that was last year, so I was still young and stuff like that. So I was like, it kind of really like, okay, if I can keep working, those are the guys I'm going to work with. I'm going to make a video for OBJ one day and stuff like that. So seeing that kind of stuff really helps me. Like that's kind of where I want to get to as far as level where I'm at. Yeah, I mean, geez, that's that's pretty sick. I, I don't really know what else to say. I mean, that's cool seeing all those NFL guys out there. Nah, yeah, that's like, but man, like my my jaw was dropped <laughs> as yeah. soon as I started saying the first, like the first person. It's just all these opportunities that they're setting you up with. It's just awesome, and it's like anyone that goes into that type of field should honestly go to Arizona State because, like, Arizona State's so close to everything else that connects you towards that world. And speaking of connection towards the world, I always, always like getting in a little 30 for 30 because I always like to see where did the person that we interviewed came from and what was their background. So connect us to Caden Fessler's world and let us get to know you 
by your story and anything you want to share on the podcast right now? So for me, like biggest thing for me is that sports has kind of always been like number one in like my life growing up. Like since a child, I sports, whether I played soccer, baseball, I was on the swim team, started football early, like stuff like that. So sports has always been a thing for me. So I've always had that love for sports. I played sports all throughout high school. But it was in high school where, like, I started to kind of, like, write articles a lot. I was, like, I was took a journalism class and stuff like that. And I was, like, I really like informing people, like, telling stories. And I kind of told you about this earlier. So in high school, I was strictly broadcast. I wanted to Stephen A. Smith and be on TV and talk. But so when COVID hit, it was it was hard. Like, there was, no, there was nothing to really talk about. Sports weren't going on. And that's when I first picked up a camera. So one of a friend of mine, he invited me to a park where everybody was playing basketball. Like this was like the only park. It had to be an outdoor park because all the indoor gym was closed. So this outdoor park where there's some high recruits at this park just wanting to play basketball. I remember um, Devontae's Cobbs was there. He plays with overtime elite right now. Um, Sada Naganga, he's a five-star, plays at AZ Compass. Kyrie Walker is in the G League right now. They're all, you know, at this park playing basketball. So I go there and I'm just taking pictures, like recording videos. And I honestly, I had no clue what I was doing at that time. I just started, you know, I was just pointing my camera and doing stuff. And when I first started my videos, I was editing them on TikTok. I was using TikTok transitions to like just, you know, add some kind of creativity. I was doing all kinds of stuff like that because, I mean, I had, like I said, I had no clue where to go. So then once I kind of, I was like, you know, like, I really like this. Like I was spending hours like on just editing a video just for fun. So then I just kind of like, okay, let me go do football. And I just kind of kept growing and growing. And eventually I just kind of met more people. Like I said, like with this, it's all about who I meet. So like I was able to meet um, my first big like kind of job was with a seven on seven team called uh, Tucson Turf. And they kind of just gave me an opportunity to take pictures and make videos with them. I was micing players up, stuff like that. And then I ended up traveling with them to New Orleans for tournaments. And like, they were all like, you know, team making videos. And that's when I really picked up as far as social media following wise. And then from there, just kind of been, you know, just fast paced uphill to see how far I can go. Man, that's dope. I, I love it. I love everything from it. I'm pretty sure uh the one park in arizona beyond like ball is life and uh all those like top basketball instagram pages sometimes because like you have high recruit guys as you were saying going yeah. there but like that's dope though I, I love it i love everything from it so, so you've talked about filming like high school guys filming college guys and even filming or like doing work with pro guys so what's your favorite level to to like work with like is, is it high school because the atmosphere is so different is it college like, yes. what is it um i have i really like high school football so i the football season here in arizona just finished and that was my first school season of doing high school football and i really enjoyed it i was at schools every week and looking at different players was like, so you see, like, oh, this is a cameraman, takes pictures, and you, you see, like, kind of that relationship build. But as far as, like, yeah, like, being at high school games is a really cool atmosphere. Like, me taking pictures, I was taking pictures of the crowd and looking at, like, kind of see, like, that, you know, these high school players, you know, they haven't made it anywhere yet. There's some with offers, there's some with no offers. 
And, you know, maybe a picture I take or a video I put together for them is going to get them an offer, is going to help them get to that next level. And that's something I really take pride in to like, you know, if I could be able to help that guy get to, you know, closer to something he's been dreaming of for a long time. Yeah, I feel that. I was kind of, had a feeling you were going to say high school football just because um, I played high school football and the atmosphere there is is so yeah. ridiculous. And like every, all the students know the players. So it's like it's more personal than a college game. So, yeah, high, yeah. high school football has got a crazy atmosphere. 100%. Yeah. Speaking of the atmosphere and what the high school games being your most favorite, I know, like I was saying earlier, when you take that picture of that moment and if it's like a significant uh, significant moment, excuse me. That's like, damn, that's my favorite picture I've ever taken. So have you ever said that to yourself? And if you have, what's your favorite picture that you ever took of a sports moment ever? Um, that's a hard one. So like, I, I have thought that. Like, I think one of the moments where I was like, you know, this is my favorite picture or this is my favorite video was um, – it was uh, Hamilton here in Chandler, Arizona, played uh, Bishop Gorman from Vegas. And it was a game where they kind of – they were down, I think it was 17 points with less than two minutes to go, and they ended up coming back to win. And that was, you know, it was all over ESPN and stuff like that. And after the game, you know, everyone's rushing the field and stuff like that, and the quarterback was on the bench like, just watching. And, like, I was – I saw him, so I went over there and took pictures – and I got this picture like from behind him with him like, looking at the field and everybody's rushing the field and stuff like that. And it was just kind of one of those pictures where it wasn't this crazy good picture where, you know, this like art, but it was like one of the things where it really captured the moment, captured the like, motion from the field, captured the quarterback, you know, he's exhausted, just game-winning drive type thing. And like, that was kind of one of the things where, like, like you said, like that's the one, like this is, this tells a story, you know, way beneath Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if you stopped talking or not. You kind of cut out there, but... My bad, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a photographer. Uh, I will never claim to be, but <laughs> I, I feel like the pictures that mean the most aren't, aren't necessarily the ones that look the coolest. They're the ones that have, like, the deepest meaning oh, yeah. behind them, kind of like what you just said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, like, with those pictures, to piggyback off of Mike's point, it's like those pictures tell a story within their own. It's like... It's like one of those movies, like those movies back in like the early 20s where it didn't have like any sound or anything. But like you can imagine them talking and put like a dialogue. Yeah. That's cool as hell. Yeah. Like a- yeah. That's just the biggest thing with me is like I like to when I post pictures, it's not like, oh, this picture is going to this is the best picture. Like I look at the pictures of like especially like a football game. Like When I post after a football game, I'm like trying to tell the story of the game through those pictures. So like I have pictures of, um, I have pictures of like pregame and warming up, and I have pictures of in game. And like some of my favorite pictures was um, this high school football team I was with all season. They lost in the playoffs, and I posted a whole bunch of pictures of them after the game, heads down, you know, like crying stuff like that. And I put I put those pictures out there, and like those were one of my some of my favorite pictures because just how, like how much the moment and the emotion was captured in just these pictures. You know what I mean? So. That's just something that's really cool to me that I can capture through this, you know, lens and clicking a button. Yeah, I, that, I love that. I love it. That's kind of why they say a picture's worth a thousand words. Yeah. Um, John, you got anything else? 
I'm 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 out of I'm out of questions. Yeah, I'm good. Unless you got something, Caden. I'm I'm also. I'm okay. I appreciate it a lot. No problem. Anytime, anytime, anytime. You want to come back and you just chop it up about life, sports, hell, even animals. Sure. Come on, come on out. Yes, sir. But before you go, I do have one more question. Who's winning the game tonight, Chiefs or Chargers? Um, I'm taking the Chiefs. Chiefs are hot right now. I think they caught stride finally towards, you know, when they need to. And um, like I, I really like Justin Herbert, though. Justin Herbert's a great young guy, but I think Chiefs are just too much in stride, and I don't think the Chargers have enough to stop that offense. Okay, okay. Solid, solid prediction, solid prediction. Well, thank yeah. you, Caden Bessler. For coming on to the podcast, baby. I will catch you soon. Thank you, man. Have a good one, man. Dude, you too. Now, it's just me and Mike. Me and Mike in the studio. You know, we 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 just chilling, you know, we relaxing. Mike, I'm liking that bucket hat though. I'm liking that bucket hat. Yeah, thanks. It's uh hooligan rugby. Okay, okay, okay. So Mike, I know. Like it, all you need is the sunglasses and like, bam, like, yeah, you you feeling you feeling all cool. Like I'm feeling the cool vibes all the way from over here. So no, I, I got it. I got it at a rugby tournament, uh, the Big Ten Big Ten tournament, and uh, yeah, I just don't have my hair's a little messed up. So I was like, you know what? Let me let me throw on a hat. Uh, I, I'm gonna need you to cop some shades. I'm gonna <laughs> need you to to drip out. I'll do, I'll do my best, you know. I'll, I'll try and find some real real quick. Give me a second. All right, come on, come on. And then, Kate, if you want to stick around for the whole show, I mean, that's, that's completely fine with us. I'm out of here. I got to go take some pictures right now. So I appreciate you, man. Have a good right, one. No problem. You too, you too. All right, as Mike is finding some shades, we're going to get Mike cool real quick. But man, UFC two, Anj. Shout out, shout out, Angelo Aklu. Always used to beat me in UFC two. But if you somehow come across this episode, I want you in UFC two. That, that however, however we play it, I, I just I feel like I'm getting better at UFC two, and I need to play you in UFC two. And if I beat you, I know that I'm the truth at UFC two. But I'm not gonna get too ahead of myself. I got to be honest, I wasn't looking for glasses. I was finding my computer charge. My, my, my joint was about to die. Yeah, nah. I kind of, I kind of, well, I didn't sense like your computer was about to die, but I was like, ain't no, ain't no way. Like, slip yeah. some shades right now. But you know who needs some shades? Urban Meyer, because it is vacation time and vacation time came very early for Urban Meyer. So are you, are you surprised? Like, should we sound no. off of Urban Meyer? Or? No, there, there was, there's not a whole lot to say. I mean, he was coming out just saying outlandish uh, stuff, and I was surprised he wasn't fired, like, right after that stuff came out. Um, but r- rightfully so, they, they got rid of him as soon as they could. Um, he was he was asking for it. He's like, whoever's the person causing the problem should be fired immediately. I think he was kind of hinting, like, please fire me. I don't want to be here. Um, and and he, got what he, he got what he wished for. Yeah, Jacksonville definitely kicked him off of his job as he did to Josh Lambeau because I'm surprised Josh Lambeau didn't square up with Urban Meyer. There's no way you can walk around just kicking a grown man and tell him, 
to make your kicks or or else like because I, I was watching a lot of was watching get up to that i was watching first take to that a lot of them said the same thing it was just an out like like what you said it was an outlandish position to put urban meyer in in the first place because there's always drama that comes his way and that was his last chance at a, a true head coaching job and i think he cost it with ongoing drama on top of ongoing drama it was just a complete cycle so he's just gotta he's just gotta he gotta reflect from this and he's gotta he has to keep on he just has to keep on moving because right now no one should be asking them for a job no one should be going for an nfl franchise no one should be going up to him because i just think is it's just foolish. It's foolishness to even consider him as a head coach at this point, because not only his off the field business, he ultimately made Trevor Lawrence not look like the Trevor Lawrence we've been seeing in college. Like, uh, I think it was Dan Orlovsky that said this. He made Trevor Lawrence look worse. So now Jacksonville's Jacksonville Jaguars owner is on the clock and you have to find a head coach. And you have to find people around that head coach to ultimately bring your franchise back to what it was a couple years ago and ultimately ride that tide throughout the time Trevor Lawrence was there. Yeah. And I don't know if it was really, he made Trevor Lawrence look bad. Mm -hmm. I think he just, uh, the the Jaguars just simply aren't very good. Um, So, so that plays a huge factor into it, but listen, he he was gone. Um, Whether or not it was at the end of the season or, uh, last night when it happened, which, by the way, was was pretty late. I don't know what they're doing there in Florida, but they, they took their time to make that decision. They did it pretty late. I got the notification at like 1230. Yeah. Um, so I guess it was this morning. But, yeah, no, he, he was gone. Um, and I'm interested to see if who first off is uh, going to step up against Houston, because this is not a this is not a hard game. This is probably the best game that they could ask for coming off losing a coach. This This is one that I expect them to play with a lot of heart. Cause if they win, imagine the momentum you have, you're like, okay, we're actually a good team. This guy just made us look bad. Um, so if they, if they win this game against Houston, I could believe it or not see Jacksonville winning two of their last four, just, just yeah. because of, of pure momentum. And they just have to go into this game fighting. Like it's their, it's a playoff game, but ultimately you're just fighting for momentum to just get out of this stressful, dramatic, abstract of a season because of what conspired what everything what was conspired of it and you just got to hit the draft i think brian leftwich should get a call eric Bianami should get a call leslie frazier should get a call uh a lot there's a lot of great coaches out there that jacksonville needs to be on the phone with as we speak yeah uh that th- they're definitely going to be on the phone with, with some people um, I don't think they're going to go back to the college route. That's just a wild guess. Yeah. They're, they're not going to take anyone who, who is uh, formerly in college. They're going to probably go for a guy like the enemy who's been in a lot of talks over the last couple. Yeah. Last couple off seasons. And he just hasn't got any jobs. So Eric, the enemy is someone who I would look out for, um, for, for sure. And honestly, just cause it's the Jaguars, Matt Nagy, when he gets fired, he, he he could be a guy that uh, Jacksonville might be looking towards. Honestly, I could see it. I could see it because, like, the Jacksonville 
Jaguars is like the Bears almost in ownership. They do the most unthinkable moves. And you're like, well, I wasn't even surprised by that. So I wouldn't be surprised if that came out. And we're talking about collegiate uh, collegiate coaches. Does it paint a harder path for them since the Urban Meyer experience went terribly long? Terrible, terrible, terribly long. I couldn't say terribly right there. Um, yeah, that was that was a uh, bit of a stumble on your vocab there, but yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, it, it it does. Um, the reason why Urban Meyer was kind of known as a player's coach, and he he goes to Jacksonville, and he's hated. <laughs> he no player like Urban Meyer. Um, so it's kind of the difference between grown men and kids who are our age because you got to think about he's coaching people that are our age as opposed to uh, coaching people he wasn't coaching tom brady but tom brady's nearly as old as old as my dad so there's people in the nfl that are really old people in the nfl that are really young and you got to know how to manage all different uh levels of egos age maturity um in in the same locker room and it's tough urban is a guy who we haven't seen in the nfl uh so it definitely paves a harder path for college coaches but a lot of guys in college came from like NFL locker rooms, like like they were like an assistant coach or something. Then they went to, a, uh, they went to a college locker room. Like Nick Saban, um, he's with Cleveland and now he's at Alabama. So I feel like he could come back and and have some success. But when you have success in college, like a guy, like Lincoln Riley, for example, he a lot of people talked about him being a a college coming from college and uh, being really successful. Or Matt Rule, who actually did go from Baylor to Carolina it's just managing players is so so different it's not the play style you can say whatever you want about the play style but I think what makes it hard is managing the players and we saw how poor Urban Meyer did how poor of a job Urban Meyer did on managing players so that's going to be the biggest thing is they're going to have to if they want to bring a guy in from college they're going to have to bring them into the locker room first and see how they work with all all these different players before just hiring because I feel like Urban Meyer was kind of a rash decision yeah it's kind of like micro and macro, right? Like micro or yeah, micro. No, macro, you're only looking at like you're looking at like the studies of individuals on like the college level and the professional level. And the reason I brought that up is because with these individuals on the college level, all you got to worry about is now these college athletes, they're able to get their bread off of their likeness and their name. So that helps them a lot. But other than that, they don't really have to worry about what a grown like a grown adult has to worry about. Like they they just have to worry about getting keeping their grades, fam, keeping in touch with their family, schoolwork. That's about it. And then when you flip it to the professionals, you got to worry about sleep. You got to worry about rent. You got to worry about are you going to make the team? You got to, there's so much stuff and that's where the micro comes in and you have to worry about so much stuff on a professional level. And then you have to talk, you can't talk to them. Like it's just me and you because they're dealing with a whole different, it's a whole different persona. So I think with these college coaches going into the NFL, they have to step, they have to step away and look at the picture fully instead of just being in front and looking at the picture like that. So as to the college coaches wave into the professionals, I don't think, or I think that it's on pause for now and they're going to look at more professional coaches 
but I wouldn't be surprised in the near future if a college coach like Lincoln Riley, Nick Saban, one of the top tier coaches, Deion Sanders, gets a job back from or gets a job as a head coach in the NFL. Yeah, no, I, I, I still expect college coaches to be hired. I'm not saying that it's going to completely stop. No, yeah. But it's, it's going to slow down. Like, you're not going to – like, for example, Matt Rule, he's been, he's been pretty good. He's been okay in Carolina, but they're going to miss the playoffs again. Um, so it, a guy like him who was – he was a good college coach, but he wasn't great. I'm not sure we're going to see guys like that get head coaching opportunities in the NFL as, as often as we have been seeing it. No, nah, yeah, yeah. And I, yeah. Speaking of Matt Rule – should Matt Rule be on the hot seat? And then we're going to try to speed through this because you remember how in the past that we had. Like, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see it. I see it limit? Yeah. All right. Let, let, let's get really fast. This is going to be like 14 questions, 97 seconds. Just right, come on, come on. With a little bit longer answer. Should Matt Rule be on the hot seat? Yes. Like I just said, he's missing the playoffs again. Been pretty unsuccessful. And he's had his best player, Christian McCaffrey. He's had him pretty much the whole season. And they haven't looked very good. So, yes, Matt Rule's on the hot seat. Yeah, I definitely agree. Matt Rule should be on the hot seat. Like you said, he missed the playoffs twice, and he's having a quarterback issue where there shouldn't really be a quarterback issue with the amount of talent that's on that team. Next, what are the keys to win for the Chargers and the Chiefs tonight? Mr. Wood, go. So the Chiefs have had one of the best defenses through the past five games. Uh, Their key is stopping the Chargers' pass offense because there's one thing that the Chargers do well, and that's throw the ball. They score points. So the Chargers' offense has to be stopped by the Chiefs' defense. That's the Chiefs' key to win. The Chargers' key to win is to slow down Patrick Mahomes. That's everyone's key to to win when you play the the Chiefs. Um, Tyreek Hill is not having a great season. Travis Kelsey is still playing pretty good. So you got to slow down Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Worry about that pass game. So pretty much both teams' key to win is stop the other team's pass game. My keys for the Chargers, you got to get in good field position on first and second down. Why? Because on third down, it makes you predictable. Everyone knows this, but everyone knows that you're going to pass the ball. Steve Spagnuolo is already thinking about that in his head. You get into third and seven, third and eight, blitz is sent all day, baby. So you got to get in great field position to start it off. You got to get your interior guy, or not your interior guys. You got to get your wide receivers involved quick and fast. Ward, the starting corner for the Chiefs, is out. Got to get Keenan Allen back. Got to get Guyton, Guyton back from what where uh, what he was doing last week against the New York G-Men. And then last but not least, defensively, you have to eliminate the big play and you got to bring or you got to give them the big or you got to force them into the big play and you got to get pressure into them because that's going to make Patrick Mahomes make a mistake. And you want that because that's what they did the first time they played at Kansas City. Go Chargers. Did I already get did I give my Chiefs Chiefs keys the win? No, 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 you didn't. Okay. The quick Chiefs keys the win is to utilize utilize their outside their outside starters besides Tyree Kill and uh Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. Gotta get the run game going, make it balanced, and defensively, you have to bring pressure into Justin Herbert's territory. And not only that, you have to shut down the pass. If you do that, Kansas City, if you do that, Los Angeles, you win the game. Next thing we have is, is it is Dak the problem or is Kellen Moore the problem? What's the problem? Mike, go. Uh, neither person's a problem. Uh, if I had to pick one, I'm going to pick Kellen Moore. Reason why is they're trying to do too much offensively. They're not sticking to what, they, what they've been successful with, and that's throwing the ball with Zeke and then uh, running. A, they, they've been a pass-first team for most of uh, the time Dak Prescott's been there, and that's why he's been so good. They're trying to run the ball more, which, hey – Every team's got to be able to run the ball, but they're trying to do it too a little too much. 
So I, I'd say Kellen Moore is the problem. If I had to pick one, I don't think either one's the problem. I think they're going to get it figured out, and they have an easy chance to do that this week against the Giants. You know what? I'm right there with you. Dak's not the problem. Kellen's not the problem. But if I had to pick one, I'd pick Kellen Moore too. Kellen Moore, you have all these assets at your table. You are a rich man when it comes to the all the guys that you have on this NFL field. So know each and everyone's strengths, know their weaknesses, and run your game. Stop trying to be like Eric Bieniemy. Stop trying to be like Brian Leftwich. Be you. Play to your own strengths because you know why that's not helping you right now because you're trying to do too much. You're trying to put too much gadget, trying to put too much flash. This is not the runway. If you keep on doing that, not only you're going to lose your spot, you're going to if you make the playoffs, you're not going to make it past first round, Kellen Moore. So Kellen Moore, get your head out of your caboose and stick to the basics. Come on. Anywho. Zeke. Or not Zeke. Will the Cowboys win multiple playoff games off of Dak or their defense? Mr. What? I'm throwing it to you. They will not. They, they, they will win one playoff game at the most. Uh, then they're going to run into one of these NFC, NFC teams that's been really good, i.e. the Packers, uh, Bucks, or the uh, Rams. So they're, they're going to lose in the second round. But they will win their first playoff game. And it's not not any. Uh, it's not a knock on the Cowboys. It's just they're not as good as, these other, as those three teams. So, yeah, they're going to only win one. Uh, I say I think the Cowboys can win multiple playoff games because their defense has been playing well. And if Dak gets his head out the gutter, then that's going to make him a powerful team in the NFC that people are going to have to have a microscope over. So Dak's got to get out of this little funk that he's in. Kellen Moore's got to stick to the basics. And the Cowboys are winning games. The Cowboys are winning games. Last thing we have, Thursday night football predictions. I got the Chargers. Michael, you got? We're doing it again. We are both picking against the Kansas City Chiefs. Again. Every time we have done this, what happens? The Chiefs win. Every time. So that makes me want to pick the Chiefs, but then we're both picking different teams, and then the Chiefs are going to lose because so I'm going to pick the Chargers. I'm going with the Chargers. They got to win. They know what they have to do because the Colts, the Bengals, the Browns, the Steelers, those teams are all in the playoff hunt trying to fight with the with the Bills too, all trying to fight with the Chargers. So the Chargers are like, we have to win every game we can. The Chiefs are like, hey, we're sitting pretty. We don't, we don't need this one. So I'm going with the Chargers. I'm right there with you. But since we have three minutes and 23 seconds left, let's get let's get the rest of these picks in. Ooh. You're, pick, you're picking the Chargers tonight. On Saturday, we have two games. Vegas versus Cleveland and New England versus Indianapolis. Go. I got Cleveland in that game. Don't underestimate Case Keenum, baby. Woo. Then we got the Patriots and the Colts. Yep. yep. Uh, I'm taking the New England Patriots. And All right. Then we got Buffalo and Carolina. Buffalo. Jets, Miami. Duh, I'm taking Miami. Washington, Philadelphia. I got the Fly Eagles Fly, baby. Fly Eagles Fly. Uh, Dallas versus Giants. I got Dallas Cowboys. Titans versus Steelers. I got the Steelers. Texans versus Jaguars. Uh, Jags. Okay. Uh, 49ers versus Falcons. 49ers. Cincinnati versus Denver. Uh, Bengals. Green Bay versus Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore. Seattle versus LA. Uh, Rams. Saints versus Bucks. Bucks. And then Vikings versus Bears. Oh, you got the I got the Vikings, baby. Skull. 
All right. Well, you will be able to see my predictions for those games on 1497 Podcast Instagram. Ooh. Oh, since we got two minutes left, that was good. That was good. I felt like we were on, like, PTI. No. Yeah, Mike we, we flew through that. I'm, I'm proud of us. That that was good. That was good. Yeah, we, we were speeding through. I, I felt pretty good. I think we both got a couple points in there, too. Yeah, we did. We definitely did some, some valid points. So, hey, if you, you need lessons on speed, speed talking, come to me and Mike. Anywho, we got a minute and 35 seconds left. Uh, we got, do we got anything else? Uh, oh, we got a minute and 27 seconds. So, how about your predictions for the Jake Paul Tyron Woodley rematch? Is it staged again? Oh, man. I want to say it's not actually, it's definitely staged. So Jake Paul is going to win this. I'm not going to even cap. I'm going to go with Tyron Woodley. I, I think he's got it in him. He's going to be like, I don't care. You don't have to pay me. I just want to beat this guy's caboose, as you said. <laughs> he, he does not care about the money at this point. He's like, all right, I lost and I, I want to win. That's all I got to say. Tyron Woodley's winning. Yeah. All right. As always, you know what to subscribe to. We're on all podcasting platforms. We're on YouTube. Uh, like and comment on our videos on YouTube. Follow 1497 Podcast at 1497 Podcast on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Me and Mike will be back with a possible interview at the most randomest time on Monday. We will see you later. As always, trust the process. I'm out. Bill's Mafia. Yeah.